0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Movie Mumble, your monthly movie exploration and discussion podcast. I'm your host Scott Murray, and I am joined, as always, by my—I uh, don't have a movie-related thing today. Just my very
1: good friends, Joel well, Lewis, this. Team, <laughs> team of painter-dressed <laughs> bank robbers.
2: I was I was Going to say Steve, and Stevie, like and
3: Stevo, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh yes, Joel Lewis, my man, my inside man, <laughs> Tim Gerard.
0: Hello. and zeke perez howdy uh hello gentlemen thanks for joining me again thanks for continuing to do this yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. all the time uh movie mumble for those of you unfamiliar is a monthly podcast where we get together watch a film and then talk about it and and that's it uh we take turns picking there are absolutely no rules about the kind of film we can pick We don't withhold spoilers, although we also don't purposefully discuss them, but if you're worried about that, please watch the film ahead of time. And at the end of each episode, we announce what we're watching next month, so you can sort of watch along with us if you'd like. Uh, The whole idea is that we get more out of film when we share it with people whose company we enjoy, and that's proven to be true time and time again. This month, Zeke was our movie selector, and Zeke brought us the Spike Lee film Inside Man. Zeke, why don't you go ahead and introduce us to the film and how it got into your life and all that sort of thing.
1: Sure. Um, so and I've got, I've got Wikipedia pulled up for the plot because there's a lot going on there. I'm going to need <laughs> some help. Um, but for how it came into my life. Um, so, so yeah. So, and I don't want to spoil the, the situational thing later, but this is essentially going to be it. But uh, Denzel is kind of the first actor where I just dove into his whole filmography. Um, I'd seen, and I can't remember the order you know, that I'd seen them in, but I know, remember the Titans was first. I like that guy. And then, um, I think John Q was up there pretty quick after, um, man on fire was somewhere in there inside man. Um, you know, and after three or four or five of his movies, I was like, I love this guy. You know, I started collecting his DVDs. I have all of his stuff, uh, made a point to go see any movie he made that came out in the theaters. Um, so yeah, it was just, you know, just my Denzel fandom that brought me to the movie. Um, and it's one that I've enjoyed. I throw it on whenever it's on TV. Um, throw on the DVD every now and then. And, um, yeah, just a fun heisty movie. You get some good Denzel acting. Um, the cast is loaded. Like I said, last week, right. You got Christopher Plummer, Jodie Foster, to Hello, 4 Um, uh, oh God, want I'm blinking on his face and name. Um, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. His face. Um, you got Willem <laughs> Dafoe in there. I mean, you just got a great cast and, um, you know, I think it has some of the trappings of a typical heist movie, but um, some things that are different as well. And and you've got a loaded cast to go with it, and so it's just one that I always enjoy watching. Awesome.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much for bringing it to us. Uh, Was there anything that motivated you to pick it for this particular month? Or was it just,
1: it was on your list and it was time? It was
2: a Denzel pick. Um,
1: It was a Denzel pick. So I had a handful of Denzel movies I thought about bringing. Um, He Got Game was one, but I didn't want to just keep going with sports. I wanted to branch out a little bit. Um, I had thought about uh, a few others. And then I had also thought about wanting to bring a Spike Lee movie, um, you know, given a lot of conversations that are going on in the U.S. right now um, and just wanting to have, um, to bring a movie with his take on social issues. And I think this um, does that a bit. It touches on a lot of things, maybe not as in depth as some of the other movies, um, but, you know, it still touches on it. So um, wanting to bring a Spike movie, wanting to bring a Denzel movie, there are quite a few of those. So ended up with this one. You know, they've worked together, I think, five times, four or five times. So um yeah just ended up being one that i you know was available to watch touches on some good stuff gets the two of them together so
3: it's like a de niro scorsese like it's 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 that kind of combination that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah
1: lots of good ones on the list that they that they both worked on he got games one um better blues is one um yeah, just a, just a good catalog. Um, Collaborations. Right, and then Chiwetel, is in, is in, some with Denzel as well, and Spike. Um, you know, they're in American Gangster together. They're in this one, a few others. So there's just a lot of those kind of, you know, dynamics where, where you get these very talented guys together. Um, you know, so it's, it's fun to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
3: So I, I, I'll, I can start with uh, first impressions. Uh, mm-hmm. Or do you want me to roll with the plot?
0: Really oh no! You could as, do as, yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. jumping ahead. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
3: yeah. a um, still six time. No, yeah. I just uh, <laughs> it's a two whiskey night. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll
1: see what I can do because it's it's um, <laughs> there's a lot going on. Like I said, so it opens with uh with a man named Dalton Russell. He's uh you find out he's the robber. He kind of delivers this um, opening and later closing monologue that talks about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of this perfect bank robbery. Um, so you start with him, uh, you get some some Spike Lee New York uh, visual porn there, just all the buildings, all the streets. Um, and then you get to Denzel, who's a detective, um, who's had some problems on a previous case, and um, that tends to pop up a little bit. Um, so, so Dalton Russell, Clive Owen, uh, and his team of bank robbers, they're all dressed alike in these painter's outfits. They kind of swarm the bank, take everyone hostage. You know, they, they uh, start to mix. The, they have the, the bank employees on one side, all the people who are just in the bank on the other and other side. Um, eventually, they dress them up in the similar uniforms, and they kind of um, insert themselves, insert some of the robbers in with the hostages and the different rooms that they split them out into. Yeah, so so you got this whole robbery thing going on. Denzel sent to investigate. You know, he's kind of trying to infiltrate and figure out how to, you know, how to get in. What's going on? And that's I think one of the the cool things about this one is for a lot of the film, you don't know, you know, what's being stolen or who's a burglar who's not. You know, a lot of that is kind of left in the open. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I guess without I don't know digging too deep into too many of the twists, um, they kind of complete the heist. Leave. uh, And in the end of it, nothing is really stolen. Nothing's missing from the bank. Money was just left in the vault. Um, Everyone's kind of surprised. They tell Denzel to get off the case. And it's really a movie where the twists kind of are just buzzer beaters, right? It's not. And that's something I I think rewatching this time that was different for me. So I'd be interested to get your first impressions. But it's not really like major twists throughout. It's really just at the end you kind of get a payoff or an attempt at a payoff. Um, so you find out that the owner of the bank has kind of a b- CD backstory and, and, uh, very war criminal <laughs> CD backstory. Um, and you know, the, uh, his personal bank deposit box is kind of the target of the heist. Um, you get Jody Foster in there as a fixer who's trying to make sure that the bank owner's secrets stay protected. Um, and yeah, in the end, uh, the, the, the robber escapes more or less. Denzel gets the information he needs to go after the bank owner and um, kind of ties up with with a nice bow for, a good guy, for the good guy and the bad guy. Um, so yeah, just, I don't know, some, some interesting stuff in there. I'm sure I missed lots of the plot twists along the way, but we'll get to those two. There's plenty of things I want to talk about. But yeah, um, like I said, I think this is one that when I first watched it, uh, you know, it was like an early teen. I was kind of blown away by it and I felt it being more twisty, but this time it's really a slow burner, like I said, with that buzzer beater payoff. So I was curious to see what you guys thought about it, uh, first impressions as a heist movie. Um, you know, how does it pay off? All that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Now, Joel, go ahead. Start us <laughs> off.
3: <laughs> um, so this is my second Spike Lee movie. Um, so that's that's kind of will characterize, I think, my my impression of it. Um, the other, I'm zeke and i had talked about i watched defy bloods his most recent which is i think he wrote as well zeke am i right about that yeah okay so i uh, yeah no that's okay um so i that opening sequence i was a little i didn't really recognize the landmarks of new york because of the soundtrack that's in uh, hindi i think and that was that track was so fire and i was like oh like is this spike goes to india which would have been a really cool like i feel like a lot of artists have that kind of like go to india for enlightenment thing it's 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 a colonizer tendency for filmmakers like wes anderson did it but Mm. now i really want spike to do that i I had that (laughs) wrong impression to start um yeah i was like i
2: wasn't expecting this to be bollywood and then it wasn't bollywood
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay
1: (laughs) kind of just there just pick that song whatever
3: (laughs) once you get clive owen doing that monologue i had very like i i kept thinking of it in relation to law-abiding citizen hmm. which is a very similar kind of twisty turny uh uh cat and mouse game between somebody who's killing people pretty brutally <laughs> and a detective rather than a, a bank robbery so that that was kind of and it's very of the same era it, it has that kind of oceans 11-y like what's the twist? Cause the twist is coming and there's all these seeds planted and it's like really stylish and really cool. Um, and it being called inside man is such a fucking work. It's so, it's such a great, uh, oh, it undermines the expectation of it. Cause the whole time, like they dropped that seed really early about Denzel's last, uh um bust going wrong and that money being so it's like is he the inside man he even makes that joke about maybe i should rob a bank and there's all these little little things to see okay who is the inside man and then you discover that the whole the the, title itself is a misdirection it's so good like that that was such a i think that's spike the writer like playing with it a little bit i don't know if that's the name of the book but it just felt like a very like and it was another one where i think heist movies i can't i can't be taking notes during it because it's like who's the inside man i'm trying to track all the things i think w- actively watching something and taking notes is is coloring things in a different way for me so that's that's interesting um but it, it was it was interesting to watch spike work with other people's material because there i know there's there's some definite spike lines that came in there and that i'll get into that in my my favorites because there's there's this gem that denzel delivers and it's just perfect it's so good and so spike um but it, it it was a little like like you said zeke it's a slow burn and kind of the it being a buzzer beater with the reveals and it's kind of like a, a, a uh a eh, kind of reveal except for like being in the wall but the the diamonds thing when when jody first says diamonds there towards the end and it all being about diamonds was just kind of like Oh, that's a little underwhelming there at the end. Um, right. I, but yeah, I
1: think I had, a, I had that in my notes too, that like it's a buzzer beater for
3: sure, right? And like he plants the
1: diamond on the way out and Denzel ends up with it and is like, oh, he he did it and he got away. Um, but it's not a buzzer beater in the same way that like the usual suspects is, right? right. Where you're like, holy shit, the whole time it was that. It's yeah. yeah, a little more mad, I
3: think. Yeah, or or Ocean's Eleven, where it's just that great, ending sequence with that that great soundtrack in the back of it all right um and i think it's got it's kind of hard to watch a film like this without thinking about all of those kind of heisty films um at that point it was also really interesting like i i was watching it with the idea of like new york post 9-11 a very specific kind of cop response to things and i think this is a great great film to watch during the the civil rights movement that's happening right now it is so well it, it's 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 very subtle but not subtle it's subtler than spike is typically but it's not like i i don't know if i want to get into it too much in detail but just the idea of putting hostages and the robbers in the same outfit and then when everybody gets left let out everybody looks the same and they can't determine who's innocent and who's guilty based on appearance. And that is such a, a direct commentary on what it's like to be black in America. Like, it is so pointed. And so, like I don't know if I would have picked up on it previous to this year, just being a casual moviegoer and not engaging with it. But knowing that it's Spike and seeing the, like, the, the, the the victims coming out and pleading with the cops they they abducted us like how are we a suspect like just that denial of innocence and it's such a great frame because you see them as victims where the cops can't and it's such a great move to to have set it up that way it was just that that was gorgeous and he doesn't shy away from the uh xenophobic response to the uh Sikh bank teller i think that was given as much time as you needed to really hammer home is like when is this shit gonna end and this is 2006 so i mean they would have been making it closer to 9-11 but it's still very much in in the atmosphere at that time and it, it just sorry i'm i'm talking a lot about it. this is the first impression piece but it was just i really liked that it was this this commentary and I, I want to say palatable. And that's 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 problematic. The idea that Spike is a very blunt speaker. The way he talks, the way he presents things, the way he films things is very cut and dry. And I, I guess this is his most commercially successful film. I, I was seeing that, I guess it was Watch Mojo. I was watching like top 10 Denzel performances. Um, and they were saying that, the, so I don't know how much of that is boiled down for a studio and how how that worked but it was just it was interesting to see he could still play and he could still still make a statement and an important statement within this larger kind of commercially successful movie i think there there there's certain things about it like that's kind of unbalanced and a little too late at the end i feel jody is kind of under under um underwritten we don't see a whole lot of it. she she comes in and she's this badass and she's this fixer and has all this power but we kind of don't see she kind of comes in as a threat and then kind of backs off and then she comes back in at the end Um, but it it was it was really interesting i i i really enjoyed it and i mean you can't (laughs) denzel's amazing he's just incredible i he could read anything i it's it's really cool to see him do anything Especially when he, he's, the, he's the smartest guy in the room, you know? Right. And like, you know, hard-nosed detective on this case, but just so
1: much charm, like with everyone he interacts with. I just, Even people that bit...
3: aren't that nice to him <laughs> or <laughs> right. don't really deserve any respect, like that beat cop.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: When he was telling that story in the beginning, the 13-year-old kid pulled a gun on him. He's like, yes, yeah. he well, right. how was it? It was a bad day. I was like, that kid, he shot that kid that kid was black right. And got and, shot. right
1: what's the exact like the line where he says um you know i'd rather be an old bigot than a, a than a dad you know i can't remember exactly yeah bigot
3: right just just stuff hits and it should have always hit this pointed that's that's the thing mm-hmm. it's like but now especially watching it it was just like spike man is still getting it in that that was I, I really enjoyed it. it. It's not the best heist film I've ever seen. I kept comparing mm-hmm. it in my head to Law Abiding Citizen. It's that kind of bait and switchy kind of, but like it, it, was, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Someone else can talk son. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Tim,
2: do
0: you want to give us your first impressions?
2: Sure. So um, with one of the first things I thought was funny too, like, you know, you kind of talked about the, the, the title. Um, I remember one of the first things I thought was when it shows him in the the cell, and I'm like, oh, this is how he sneaks into the bank, and then they show him coming in. I was like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. Never mind. <laughs> but it never occurred to me that that was at the other end of the heist. Like, mm. <laughs> so it was still like a bit of a surprise at the end. Like, oh, okay, duh. Like, <laughs> um, so I thought that was kind of funny in my own head that it was like, you know, I was I was almost there, but not quite. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like I mean, first impressions overall. Yeah, it was like a fun fun heist film um you know i haven't seen one in a while um yeah it's also kind of weird too i feel like like nowadays with the the you know time and so much stuff to watch like i always agonize over what what to spend my time watching is it is it this show is it this thing i'm trying to finish that i'm not really enjoying is it starting a new series i'm gonna get stuck in is it a movie so i can just watch and be done with it and that's one of the things i do like about the podcast is someone else decides for me most of the time so it's like good um but yeah, so I was just really glad to be watching a good movie that I never was aware of, that I wouldn't have thought to watch, but it was like, yes, this was great. And I, and I like those type of movies. I haven't seen a ton of them, but, um, you know, uh, but yeah, I definitely in, enjoyed it. I don't know if it was just that I hadn't seen one in a while. Um, so I don't really know if there are others that I would, that I liked better, Um but but yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was really really well put together. I liked all the misdirection, like oh we we got this recording of this, you know, and um, and uh, you know, so it was it was it was nice to see like all these these kind of false leads that that you know it, it must be terrible when you're a filmmaker and it's like okay this is an actual structural part of the actual plot and where it's going but we have to put as much time and effort into it because we have to make the audience think this is an important lead that we're following through and 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 it was just nothing for the sake you know (laughs) so i thought i thought that was kind of great too you know and you're trying to and even thinking back doesn't one of them talk with an accent at the beginning And they're like oh yeah he used some kind of so it's like there's this little seed yeah you know and that he kind of from the very beginning he had all these these stuff things in place um also, one of the things I really liked too was that, um, the, and, and, and again, this, this could be making excuses, but like what you were saying about the diamonds, um, like, yeah, you're right. It's not this big sort of climactic thing, but I remember thinking like, oh, how are you going to be able to steal a bunch of money when you have to walk out of the bank in broad daylight, you know, like there's only so much cash you can fit in a bag, you know, and they, and they counted the cash, you know, it's like you may be able to take a couple wads and it's like, cool. I have a couple thousand dollars in my pockets. Like, who gives a shit you know but with diamonds yeah you could fill he was wearing cargo pants it looked like so yeah fill up them pockets you know and it's like <laughs> so you just walk right out with uh, i mean i don't know how much diamonds are worth but i assume it's a ton of money in, in your pockets you know uh-huh. um so and i that thought seemed- that was like a, a you know maybe that was the reason why it was diamonds like here's how we can still get out of here with money without it being like oh okay, yeah i've got to have 10 duffel bags that are somehow going to get out of the bank you know mm-hmm. um,
1: just real quick i was the- gonna say another moment there like when you like you said, you you have to walk in, you have to take the stuff and then you have to walk out. That's kind of another moment where you're like, okay, this isn't going to be the ordinary heist is when they go in and then they walk themselves in there, right? It's not like baby driver really right. have getaway cars set up. It's not, you know, some, we have three minutes and we need to get in and out. It's like, yeah, we're going to make ourselves at home here and we'll take, you know, who knows what and we'll leave. Maybe we want a jet. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find a way out of here. Then it turns out to be none of that at all. But yeah, there's that kind of twist about the in and out, and what you're taking, sort of thing.
2: For yeah, sure. um, and you know, and I think it, you know, probably as a, a storyteller. It's one of those things where you know, again, going going into it, you know, on the, the realism side of things. Oh, look, it just so happened we're stealing diamonds. I had a conversation with this cop who is wants to propose to his girlfriend, but he doesn't have the money. You know, but it was just like a nice thing to kind of you know, from a storytelling point of view, to to, to add significance to the fact that it was diamonds and kind of tie that together in that way. Um, so I thought that was very that was very satisfying. I also like how it ends. We don't really know. Like, does he just take it and actually propose to her? Does he? decide you know what fuck this guy i walked by him. i'm gonna go back and watch those tapes or whatever you know and i kind of like that you get to kind of imagine you know like in in, in my version of the movie he, he just marries his girlfriend you know like you know it's like like hey like win-win you know yeah. um you know you you found the actual bigger criminal here you know and uh i also like that too the the other thing with the diamonds that i really liked was he didn't steal from the bank like the cash like the 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 people's money he stole from that same guy you know so it's kind of like hey you shouldn't have had these diamonds in the first place because how you got them is fucked up so i feel like you're you're kind of like oh okay like he's not such a bad guy after all i'm okay with him getting away you know and i i feel like that was also a big part of um you know, how, how the good guy, the bad guy could win without really being such a bad guy, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, No, and that was another thing I thought of too, how the, the, you know, the inside man, you know, him actually being the, the, was he a rabbi or just, uh, um, or just Jewish? I forget.
3: The, I think they called him rabbi, but I don't know that, that okay? was necessarily yeah. what he was. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but but you're like but he's the like, guy oh, who he okay. asked about
3: diamonds hey I'll, right. I'll hook you up with my nephew he'll get you a good deal right yeah and they also play, the fact they it that it's like pretty oh it's, yeah.
2: yeah yeah but it's also like well well he's also jewish so of course he'd be one to be like yeah fuck that guy that he made all this money by partnering with hitler or whatever so in the, in the nazis so it's like yeah let's let's get him you know and i feel like again you feel less bad and less betrayed you're like oh yeah it's kind of justified so So good, good for them for taking that guy's diamonds and getting that guy fucked over and getting away with it. You know, I I thought that was kind of really, really, really kind of well put together about it. Um, and, uh, uh what was the? Uh, yeah i had like a list of things in my head oh that's right so <laughs> this was the second time for a podcast movie that there there was a connection with a bob's burgers episode that I watched. <laughs> right. the, the, the night before we watched it like uh we're, we're re-watching the the series we started at the beginning i think it's episode two is when his mother-in-law's coming so he hides in the walls of right. his building <laughs> and he just won't leave for like three days and here i thought you were going to talk about the bank robbery i thought episode, so like
0: no. burgers instead Robot. College. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> that was the worst pizza I ever had.
2: <laughs> he shoots the pizza.
3: Dang.
2: But, yeah, so it was, I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe I could watch almost any Bob's Burgers episode and make a connection <laughs> somehow. But it was just like, you know, like him kind of crawling around the walls and just whatever. And it was just like, oh, that's weird. But at least I, you know, I didn't, it didn't spoil anything. They didn't reference the movie Inside Man and go, okay, now I know how this one ends like they did with <laughs> Drive that time. Um, but uh, Zeke, were you there for drive? Your motion spectra trailer drive. Okay. I was yeah, there for yeah. drive. Yeah, I remember oh, okay. yeah. the Bob's <laughs> Burgers <sport. laughs> point. Um, so Meet so man. yeah, so that was yeah. <laughs> so so that was a that was a fun moment kind of making that realization. Um but uh yeah, and I also I really liked um how how deliberate a lot of it was too where and I think even like early on, like you definitely did get the sense that he didn't want to kill anybody. And I think that that also helps you kind of be like, okay, like maybe he's, you know, really, you know, there's stuff going wrong in his life or whatever, you know, he doesn't want to do this, but he has to do this, you know. And, um, you know, and that was sort of the thing I kept going back and forth with like that when the first bank worker, when he's like, oh, I forgot my cell phone at home. And then you're like, oh, God, this guy's dead. And then he just takes him in the office and just beats him up and you're like, Oh, okay. So he, you know, he isn't that type of guy where it's just like, please give me an excuse to kill you. It's more just like, Okay, I'm gonna work around that. But then of course that makes you think, Oh, is he the inside man? Is he in and on it with him? And that's why, you know, he purposely left his phone. It's like, I'm gonna have to beat you up a little bit, but it'll make it look you know, and I was just like, Okay, all right, you yeah. know, and so it kind of leads into this whole thing of like how, you know which made it seem so much more well put together but then also i'm like well, wait a minute maybe he will kill people maybe he just didn't kill that guy because he is working with him so maybe it is still is up for grabs that he could kill someone else at any time so it was nice that it kind of gave you a little bit of a safety blanket but then kind of pulled it away you know and um
3: and in some ways in that sequence like that's that's even more terrifying than shooting him would have been because it's that frosted glass and it's just the shadows have been beating the hell out of him he opens yeah. the door and it's just his feet lying there. And I don't remember seeing that right. guy again until the end. So in my mind, mm-hmm. I was like, he beat that dude to death. He wasn't wasting a bullet on this guy. So right. that was, and then we find out they were toy guns. So that was fun. But
2: um, there, There's another little thing I want to throw out there before I forget to mention it. Did, did anyone else think, so the scene at the end when, when Denzel like holds up his middle finger with the ring on it, did that look like green screen to anybody else? Like it totally looked like his face and his hand were not filmed at the same time. Or like I, I don't know if it wasn't his hand or they hit. I don't know. I didn't catch that. I
1: had I had included that scene in my in my notes about like questionable police work. Because like <laughs> right. he's just wearing the evidence around. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And just right. like, oh hey, this fucking ring. And then like yeah. I don't know that you're supposed to be like, oh the bank robbers are using you know the, the bank robbers are speaking play it over the loudspeaker to a right. crowd of people so we can right. find a, uh, someone who can translate right. it i'm like i don't know if this is very sound detective work but i'll That's let them <laughs> know
3: shit right there exactly. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly it's albanian
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay let's bring this guy in he's he's an expert <laughs> yeah
2: um
1: but yeah i know i'll have to double check and see if if the finger seems out of place i don't know yeah
2: Like it had that look like, you know, sometimes we'll see things in the foreground and the background and they're like Mm. both in focus and it looks weird because you're like, well, wait, if something is in the background, it's supposed to be blurry. Mm. And I don't know if there's a way they can do that with the lens or if they do, if they want to show that they do have to do it as like a green screen thing. So it had that kind of look to it, but also Mm. like looked very like unorganic. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, look, here's my hand. It was like someone else's hand that just kind of zoomed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now that you're saying that i kind of remember it feeling a little wonky but i don't think i i i clocked it as being yeah. cgi can <laughs> we real quick that construction worker wins the most New Yorker New Yorker award in this movie. Right, that dude is like my ex-wife's parents. They're all Albanian. She was raised there. I don't speak it. They're always talking.
2: I also love how he, you know, he volunteered to be like, Al- okay, come over here." Oh Jesus! It was just like, "What did you think oh, you was going to happen?" Balls, huh? Yeah, it's like they just send you here. back into the crowd, and then
0: like, they get in there, and he's like, "I don't speak it." And then it's like, "You said you did." No, I just it was Albanian
3: (laughs) (laughs) it was just so great it was like here's the most New York like I would not be surprised if that dude was an extra like he wasn't supposed to be like it's Albanian (laughs) sir we have people some guy walking
1: down the street
3: You know, it, it reminds me of uh, uh, the,
2: the, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man, where they do, they have this montage of just sort of like, it's like a you know news thing, and they're like, oh, we're going to get opinions on Spider-Man from people on the street, and it's all these random people. And you're going through this whole movie not realizing that nobody has a New York accent, even though they're supposed to be all from New York. And all of a sudden it's like, he stinks and I don't like him. And it's like, everyone's just like, oh, that's right. This is New York, I forgot. <laughs> or like at the end when they're like throwing stuff at the goblin and like, it's just just like, oh yeah, that's right, this is New York. It's like you forget, but they picked those people to finally be like, you're actually going to sound like New York.
3: I feel like all the Spider-Man trilogies have that like classic New York moment where like, in Amazing Spider-Man it's where all of the crane operators move them, like, oh, we yeah, got yeah. you Spidey <laughs> we'll move him <them> for you. <laughs> you come on and swing on our fucking cranes we'll get you there <laughs> Homecoming is just like peppered with it, like they don't have one scene but it's like, I like this sandwich chop it's not as good as this sandwich chop they really lean into the New York and that but those <laughs> other two, so, when Sony does Spider-Man, they're like, we're gonna have one new york scene that's it that's all we have the budget for (laughs) scott first impressions (laughs) after the new york minute Um,
0: first 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 impressions weren't great It, it felt kind of clumsily made actually um like maybe more a result of the development stages it kicked through before it finally landed on spike lee's desk but um but also it felt sort of like someone who'd seen a bunch of cool action movies and also had learned about a bunch of cool things that films do and then had decided to make their own action movie and grab stuff in. And, and it didn't quite come together. I, I remember when the van is picking up one of the heisters they like stand up from a bench and do this extremely exaggerated cool heister walk where they're like trying to look normal over to the van but the street is open so there were actual real non-extras pedestrians just wandering around who showed you what normal people look like when they walk and it was so (laughs) jarring and a lot of the earlier shots were like wide angle lenses like the Cohen brothers do, but then not close up enough to catch emotion and with non-decorated environments, there's so nothing to look at. So instead everyone's head is within a centimeter of the top of the frame. There's nothing else to watch in the screen. And I, I felt, it felt really awkward but the script the id was
3: card office in you you, you like well-framed heads <laughs> but the script was amazing
0: and the performances were amazing and at a certain point and i don't know when i realized i had stopped noticing those things and i was just watching this film and having a lot of fun doing it and i just i don't know when that happened but it it happened you know everything else was just done so well that it just drew me in and i liked it a lot yeah the one there was one other moment later on when he's sitting at his desk looking through the bank documents and they have a still shot of him at his desk. And he like realizes something and goes, like freaks out and hits the desk and has his realization. Then they cut to an action zoom shot from a new angle of him relaxing and going, motherfucker. And then they cut back to the static shot as he finishes leaning back in his chair. And it was like two seconds of action shot, not during the action in the scene. And I think that was the moment I like went, oh, oh, what an awkward scene. Kind of like the rest of, wait. How how long has this been? How, how long have I watched? Oh, my God. Like, that was the moment I went, oh, wow, I'm loving this. So so I don't know what it was, but but I did love it. I loved it a lot, yeah. I think there were part, bits sort of like what y'all were mentioning about. It doesn't always feel quite as fully in tune as a heist movie as, say, the Oceans movies did, but you can see what they were shooting for. Lots of pieces felt that way to me, but they all fell away, and I ended up just having a fun ride.
2: Yeah. Um, I wonder if part of that, you know, I know we mentioned the whole New York thing. Like, I feel like tons of movies do that, like at the beginning. I'm like, this could be any movie because we're just driving around New York. Like, and, you know, I know that it was during the credits, so it wasn't really much happening. But yeah, I feel like there, there, there are so many films that have to establish, hey, everybody, this takes place in New York, and this is important. And then it's like, it could have been a bank anywhere, I guess, you know, like, so, it wasn't really that
3: important. So we I don't, don't know. got banks like that. We don't <laughs> got nice banks like that.
1: <laughs> it's also, I feel like, just jarring to see super long, extended, like, opening credit scenes these days. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's weird, weird to go back it. and watch those yeah. and be like, oh, we're just going to really spend five just minutes. I was thinking
0: about that last right. week. You know, yeah, they go
1: straight into it, more or less. And I, I think, you know, once they get through all of that, I mean, it is like four or five minutes of, like, driving around New York and then the pace really gets going you know with that monologue I, I was sucked in with the monologue but um yeah a lot of just a lot of establishing shots to be like new york look
3: i kind of miss the days about? of like the um uh what is it city slickers opening where it's that little Ooh. cartoon of the dude who's like lassoing <laughs> the credits it's like you had time to get your popcorn and get situated it was this fun little <laughs> yeah. like it was kind of a throwback to the news reels yeah. of the the a Christmas Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 About that, that, about
0: opening credits can be like if they're boring enough, then they're okay. The film hasn't started yet. This is where you settle in and get yourself situated. Great. Not a problem. Or they can be, you know, entertaining and fun, and then you watch them. Right. Or they can be sort of very subtle while the film just begins. But like there's a sort of black hole in the middle they can land in that's just like if I'm rewatching this movie. For a while. I'm skipping this part and if I'm not rewatching it and it's the first time this killed the movie for me I turned it off like there's a certain type (laughs) of opening credit can can fall into that
3: pit but uh well to talk about Sam Rady's Spider-Man again that opening for that first time rewatching is really rough because it's like a minute and a half two minutes of the spider web graphic and everything and like it was really cool to see in theaters for the first time because it's like oh Mm -hmm. they could do all this cool like stuff but it like watching it now it's like can we let's let's get to Toby being sad. Let's just get yes. there. <laughs> it's kind I of a lost have... art to, to have really cool into like that's one of Tina's favorite things is like really cool integrated uh credits. Mm. Like Baby Driver does it, I think. And then like uh the other one I was thinking was like Napoleon Dynamite has really cool like I
0: mean Edgar Wright in general just yeah. does it all yeah. the
3: time. Yeah sorry zeke i cut you off uh, yeah nice. you're uh, oh no you're,
0: good. you're right because the sam Raimis are just like you're not even there's no establishing shot mixed in or like our
3: characters starting to gather like, like it's just a red background it's like it's a throwback it's just, to old it's a superhero show
2: credits it's yeah. just regular credits <laughs>
3: well it was like Except, the batman schumacher where it would, like the logo would swoop up and it's like Shh.
0: sure but that's the thing is that, like you're not communicating anything important to me
2: and so you know I
3: mean, other than the to cast run. which we already yeah. know
2: <laughs> right yeah who's yeah. like arnold schwarzenegger's in this like yeah we know that by now you don't need to tell us like put play it at the end just scroll it. Mm.
3: uh
1: so joel you talked about your experience with other um spike movies and i, I was going to get to that a little bit because you get so right with him only directing this one and not writing and not producing you get some of his stuff not all of his stuff i mean you get you know, we we're just talking about the the heavy New York, like New York as a personality, New York as a setting. That's a very Spike thing. Um, you know, you get a lot of the shots that he's famous for, like the high contrast shots. You get the fun. Um, I looked up the, the term, but like the double dolly shot, where like it looks like Denzel's floating.
3: That um, shot he, is incredible. Yeah,
1: he does that in all his
3: stuff. Um, you get, and then the you it's know, the uh, of, the jaw zoom. Uh-huh. that that effect is really oh cool yeah too. the
2: zoom with the was it like you like zoom out with the camera as it's physically like moving closer is that yeah
3: is that what it's called
2: yeah closer in one medium and farther in the other yeah
3: yeah yeah also did zoom. you
2: yeah speaking of that too did you notice when towards the end when they're going into the safe to see that no money was stolen you can like feel see and feel and hear like the camera going over, like how there's the cage and there's like a thing, and it's you kind of like it rolls over and like it jiggles it a little. It was like I don't know if that's good or bad. Like I mean it makes it seem more real because you're you're there with them going into the room, but it's like that's couldn't you stop I the camera and then just zoomed like.
3: Well, I feel I like didn't a lot of that. that you coming in feels very POV, like you're one of the mm-hmm. like the the cops coming in because you spend so much time like seeing just snippets of it. And this is you finally getting to investigate what it looks like. So just trying to see where everything's at, that I, I interpreted it that way. I guess I didn't.
1: Yeah. I was going to say on that note, I, uh, looking into it, um, I saw that Spike had like intentionally. So for the, for the Dalton Russell scenes, he filmed those with a steady cam to show that, that he was in control and he, you know, it was, and then as for detective, uh, Fraser, it's all kind of just, you know, free handed cameras to show that like he's desperate and he's trying to, figure things out. He's trying to piece things together. So I'm wondering if that was just a byproduct of that, right? Like
3: it all comes together physically and, in hand at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then you get lots of, you know, like some actors talking to the camera, spike loves to do that. Just all these things that spike loves to do. You're still able to work in there, but it's not it doesn't necessarily feel like a spike Lee joint as a whole, like his other stuff does like with his control over what characters are saying or how he's deep diving into stuff or I don't know, but you get pieces of it. So I was curious, um, Tim and Scott, if you know how much Spike stuff you guys had seen, how you felt this stacks up to the other ones you've seen, what's different.
0: I've discussed his career pretty uh, a lot, considering that I've never actually seen another Spike Lee movie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> well, right, but not just with
0: you know friends around a table, but in in my film classes and in mm-hmm. my sociology classes, both mm-hmm. um, from different angles, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what sort of kept me away from them was that the films that everyone always talks about are always very heavily social commentaried. Mm. But, and this has been true of my secondhand info of his other films, so please, if that was all wrong, I mean, please hit me in the face with that. But but also a lot of social commentary movies post-college are very like, on the one hand, there's the movie, and it's going to be entertaining, and I'm sure it is, but on the other hand, there's the total commentary part of it, and depending on how shallow that is, or how deep it is, or the topic, or the etc., I can walk out of that movie just really frustrated, (laughs) or really bored, you know, depending on we spent all this time, you know, two hours on a fantasized version to, like, barely cover the Wikipedia part of something you wrote two term papers on is, like, eh, like, I'm kind of I'm not super eager to dive into that, or or lots of films get things wrong because Hollywood or whatever. And and so when I'm looking at films to go see, and I have either something else, which I'm gonna go see entirely for entertainment purposes, or something socially attached, not just Spike Lee's movies, but a lot of them, where only part of that might or might not be entertaining, and then the other part, I you know, it's just sort of with my limited time i go to other things if that makes sense right i've never felt the need to seek these
3: out um I feel like that's but also I like been... emblematic of your like how you see documentaries too like when you yeah. when you go see something that's about some real shit you're wanting it to be thorough and well researched yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. i think for the most part spike gets it right, right but that's me having seen two of them and also just having <laughs> a respect for him as a writer so like i like, said i
0: haven't been avoiding his movies so much as no I've been I, I i got using my limited saying. time to see yeah movies like that d- deal with fewer social well it's
3: similar to tim's thing of like he, he tim has a, a similar thing where it's like if i can't find a metaphor for my life and creativity through this thing mm-hmm. it's not going to be something i watch that that's just it's 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 what am i consuming this to what end am i just being entertained and that that yeah. sort of thing it's not yeah, just some
0: more more for me than anything else though is like I said, the, the performances and the script were phenomenal in this. Yeah, And mm-hmm. so to hear, especially hear Yuzik talk about Denzel and Washington's, you know, kind of like how Tarantino will latch on to a particular actor for a few films, right? Mm-hmm. But Denzel and Spike Lee have apparently been doing this for ages, like mm-hmm. that alone is just like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm just gonna go watch more of these now. And with the, the promise of further entertaining storytelling. Yeah, that makes yeah sense. for so, sure and I'm i think inspired to watch more
1: yeah i think some of his stuff for sure is you know a little bit heavier or a little bit and you know some shallow some's deep some you know that's the focus of the movie um some are entertaining right i think there's a variety you can definitely get you a spike lee starter kit with some, some ones that walk that balance um you know i think this one for instance like i tried to jot all the different things down but you get like post 9 11 New York. Right. And yeah. like how Sikhs are treated, how, you know, someone's wearing a turban, how that might play out. You get, um, you know, police brutality and institutionalized racism. You get, um, you know, the foundation of a billionaire's wealth being rooted in, you know, I mean, in this one blatantly war crimes or, you know, a lot of just, so, I mean, even like violence and video games, right. Like even goes as far to touch on that. I don't know that he does any of those things, right? Like none of those turn out to be the focus of the movie, except for maybe the the, the bank owner, right? I think that's kind of the biggest one. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like he definitely doesn't. And maybe because it's, it's him coming in and directing it. But like, this is less of a platform to talk about those things. But I still think he does it pretty effectively here um, with that limited approach to it. For sure. But yeah, I mean, like do the right thing is, is a great take on racial tensions. I'd recommend that one. Um, you know, he, he got game has a lot of it's just a perfect metaphor for like the sleaziness of athletics and like, you know, take some father son relationships. I I really like that one as well. Black Klansman is, you know, kind of meant to be that. So, Um, and Black Klansman is pretty entertaining too. So I think there, there are some out there.
3: Um, But for sure I get what you It's like the Vietnam Mm. story you've never heard. It's, It's so unique and such a great refreshing take on something that's been done to death.
0: Yeah, I am really interested in that because that looks to me like, um, I can't remember the actual academic term, but like focusing on a part of a larger thing that's been ignored. And I guess my my example is with the one professor I had who is studying women and incarceration. It's Mm -hmm. it's basically not a thing. Like she had to invent the field because despite the fact that we've been studying criminal justice and incarceration for a hundred years, Whenever someone says, hey, let's go take a survey or hey, let's check data, they just show up at a men's prison. Not always on purpose, just sometimes because that's just what they do. But like, so the data on women is like zilch. Mm-hmm. It's basically nothing. They're having to start all of it. So that sudden, there's that sudden realization of the like, oh shit. Absence like,
3: of, of, of
2: this bloods.
0: particular sector of the larger topic. And I, I feel like the bloods might be a bit like that. Like we've studied we've studied um, black Americans in that era, mostly um, at the home front and we've yeah. studied veterans and the troubles they face. Right. But I don't think we've ever studied black Vietnam veterans and especially not from a long-term perspective because they're, it, I understand it takes place more like present day, yeah. know, it goes back and forth, right? Like that, I think that's really interesting actually.
3: I was going to ask Zeke about that is is the time jumping thing a common thing with Spike's films because it it is in the Five Bloods and it is in this one. I don't know if it is in any of the others
1: I think so um not you know not quite to the extent that it's a, a staple in everyone, but I think these two are, are some of the more heavier time jumpy ones, but he definitely messes around with that a little
3: bit, gotcha. or like
1: having the main story and the kind of having asides for characters is a thing right. as well that kind of feels kind of talking head type
3: thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah interesting i wonder if that like that might be a new york film trope because that's a very scorsese mm-hmm. thing to mm-hmm. open with a voiceover or have it mm-hmm. through the whole movie a la uh goodfellas or even uh of new york or
1: right and i feel like in this one i don't know i think that's one of those things that didn't pan out quite as much like they, we spent a lot of time with like okay now we're going to jump to an interview with you know one of the hostages or one of the robbers and then back and i you know uh, we got some fun moments with each of those people but i don't know that it was ever like oh that was the missing piece or like oh we're jumping back or we're jumping forward to an interview with this person because this right it kind of was just there
3: see i kept expecting clive owen to show up on the other side of the interrogation table Mm -hmm. like that that was kind of what i was waiting for is that the last one because is that where he's talking about like he's doing his confession or his reveal right. or whatever his, his, uh, Shakespeare, uh, soliloquy, um, right. Quoting Shakespeare in it, which was, it, that, that was a fun, I, I felt like that was a little bit of spike. I think spike likes Shakespeare. I, I think that's definitely yeah. a thing.
2: <laughs> One of the parts about that, when they had those flashbacks, I thought it was interesting to see how they treated each person they were questioning, Right. you know, and, you know, and, and as far as like, you know, Maybe that was being part of the social commentary, but also, you know, part of just, like, maybe making you either trying to, like, the people that they were being kind of more dicks to, it's like, oh, okay, is this actually one of the robbers, and they're a really good cop, and they can tell that, or are they way off base and it's actually the old lady who wouldn't take her clothes off. That's the right. quote unquote side man. And they're being all nice to her, you know, and she could be the criminal. Like we don't, you know, like why are you being nice to her? But then this guy, Oh, you want to drink of water? Oh, well, you know, and it's like, you know, and come to find out that was one of the guys, but it's like, well, did, but did they know that? Or were they just like, Oh, you know, we're, we're going to be a dick to you. Cause you, you know, you could be a bank robber as a, Oh, this sweet old lady, she can't possibly, you know, I... so that was kind of interesting, you know, like,
3: oh. I love how much I hate Willem Dafoe in this movie. That performance <laughs> is so perfect, Pat, like aggressive, shitty cop, and it's mm-hmm. so good. Like, and that's the thing. Like the, the, the second that he and Denzel start to interact, and Denzel knows that that shit's coming, and responds with all these facts, here's, I'm running the show, here's how it goes, we're going to go to the diner, like, that whole aspect and him coming back and kind of falsely falling back and then just his, like, his use of racial slurs, the way he talks to uh, the the Sikh gentleman where he's like, uh, you didn't hear that? You were disoriented? Like, yeah, we heard them shout, it's an Arab, oh shit. Like, that. we all heard that. So that was just, that scene was so so good it's such an initial and that's the thing like he's the first guy out so we have that interaction right away isolated from everything it that's that spike making a definitive like statement on how shitty this is like it, it just was really and i mean that's that's something that the bank robber is also playing on is like an accent right he's throwing out terrorist vibes in quotation marks to like throw people well, that's off the really scent
0: nice about that treatment is that Defoe's character kind of vanishes after those first couple interactions. Like his first one with our negotiators, he's dismissive. Like, no, I work with so-and-so, but then they're like, no, no, he's on vacation. So you're going to have to work with us. And then that's kind of last we hear of it. So like, well, okay, maybe he was just, he's used to upstart negotiators. And he was like trying to lay down the normal situation. Like who knows? Then we get the seek interaction and that's, that's awful. And then he just kind of, that's it. He takes a back seat.
3: It's well like, he kind of well, has hey. this this running commentary on like not really trusting Denzel's decisions. He's like, should we should be going in? He doesn't listen to him when he tells him at the end. Like, I think there's still this but animosity. The
0: end, he they did quote unquote kill hostage.
3: Yeah. So like that was something end, yes. that, that was another bad detective move. Because he just <laughs> got back in the van from that. That was on the freaking roof. There's no way Clive Owen sprinted up those stairs to shoot that dude in the head. That I, I didn't buy that from the jump. That was just... <laughs> I'm also the dude sitting but like, that's, at home. <laughs> but. That's what I mean about... Because
0: like, you're right on... He, he ignores it and he's like, nah, we're going to just go in. He's being hot-headed. But like, he hasn't done it yet. And then they kill the hostage. And then he does. So like, as awful as that character is, you also see where he's coming from. And we don't no, spend under- the whole time...
3: Things. I definitely, I, I really like the way that they talked about it being a tactical response. Mm-hmm. I think that was a very accurate description. That, that's what they're there for. They're responding to a threat. This is New York post 9-11. There is a very specific tension going on with law yeah. enforcement. Yeah. So cool. I, I think Denzel laying that kind of out and mm-hmm. understanding like there's a mental aspect to it that they don't want to acknowledge. Like I think, I think it sets the stage for a lot of that.
2: Go ahead, Tim. I also like how at that point when they're when they're doing that quote unquote tactical response, like number one, they, when they talk about like, oh, we'll use rubber bu- bullets, and you know that way if we happen to hit one of the hostages in the head, it'll put them out. Which this is, you know, before you know nowadays where social media, you see what it looks we like when someone gets does. hit with a rubber bullet. So it's not just like oh, you're thinking of the little pellet, like pew, oh that hurt, you know. Um, but then the other part of that is. That whole sequence showing that play out looks like a fucking John Woo movie. And I think that's meant to be like this this sort of like fantasy of, yeah, we get to go in and just fucking start shooting at everybody. And like the fucking money's flying everywhere. And they're not just like, okay, we got him. It's like the and they just don't stop shooting him like ever. And it's like, and, and it was kind of interesting too, because like there was never a moment like that. Like this wasn't an action film. Right. But I feel like doing that and kind of framing it in this sort of gratuitous action-y sort of way, like sure, yes, there's this justification of like, okay, they did a kill a hostage at that point. But you could definitely see it was just like, yes, we get to go in with our fucking guns. And this is this is how we're gonna do it. And even when he says, like, don't go in there, like we have for, infer- they know what we're doing. It's like, fuck it, we're going in anyway. It's like that, you know, like that kind of chomping at the bit kind of like, you know, when when do we get to use our guns? And it's like, oh, here it is. Okay, so this is how it's gonna go down and, and there's gonna be people everywhere and the smoke everywhere, but we're just we're just gonna shoot them. and then the ones who aren't it, they'll get the rubber bullets and then, okay, here's the guy and he's he's in the vault because he's going after the money, because that's what he wants. We're just gonna tear him down, you know, and it was just like god damn like that that scene was very jarring because of that i think that was like super intentional you know that yeah. that sort of like gun-toting you know cowboy fantasy of like this is how it's gonna go down you know
3: i agree like
2: fucking willem dafoe in boondock saints and he's like <laughs> there was a <laughs> fire yeah. fight I, I, I agree. It very different film
0: <laughs> was like, oh we're just gonna imagine ourselves saving the day but on the other hand every time a different cop in the room came up with another what if what if they grab a shield? What if they send the hostages? What if he shoots a hostage? But like, the scene got more and more ridiculous. Right. And so then when it finally concluded, it concluded with them being like, well, we need a plan of some kind because we can't just run in there. And so you're left wondering, like, do they want the plan because of all the what-ifs and the voices in there who spoke up about those concerns? Or do they want the plan because they just watched an absurdist postmodern mess in their heads and they want, it, want to come off more as heroes? Like... Which reason, you know, do they want to get back to the action movie original plot? Or do they mm-hmm. like, did they really hear those concerns and they want to fix their plan? Mm-hmm.
2: We don't know, <laughs> but,
0: but that's where they ended up.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's what's funny about it too, is like, you know, the, you know, the whole quote, you know, killing a hostage was, was sort of punishment for them, you know, and, and again, obviously, like, we're supposed to be on the side of the good guys and it's never good to rob a bank and everything. But he was keeping everything civil until Denzel came in and fucked with him. So it's, it's, you know, it's also one of those things too. It's not like he gave an ultimatum, like from square one, it was killing a hostage every hour. And it's like, we have to get in there or they will all be dead. It's like, if you had not, you know, messed with things, they would have all still been alive, you know? So it's also kind of like, so, so, okay. Is, is, is more, you know, and you know, who's escalating the situation at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. I guess that's the,
3: yeah. I think that's another thing that it it does a really good job of not painting the police as star spangled. Awesome. The good guys like that. That's definitely not that we, we are rooting for our protagonist is Denzel. Detective Frazier is our guy, but he makes that decision to like, and I, we, we understand his, his reasoning for taking the dude down (laughs) the stairs, which I appreciated. That was a great little, little toe pick thing. Um, uh, I don't know what the height difference is there. I think Denzel could have taken Clive if there hadn't been a problem. Um, but that you find his rationale later. But the consequences of that is like this: this is the the police force acting, and there's a consequence to that. I think another just to kind of go off a little bit: the idea that we we like we like Clive Owen in that kind of uh, anti-hero way, right? Because he's stealing from Nazis. It's a whole thing. But Spike, I think, does a really good job of capturing the terror that this robbery really instills in the people. Like, this is a traumatic event. And I don't think he backs away kid? from that. <laughs> yeah, the kid's fine. Except for... <laughs> I don't know. What was, that? what was that fake... GTA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was. That might have been screen. the weakest part of the movie.
0: <laughs> Once and then decided to animate it. It was just, <laughs> just so, so hard. Fucking... What was going on?
3: I would love to play this <laughs> 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 oh man that was My, that was where they ran out of money <laughs> yeah i i so what
1: i know about that is just from the wikipedia section on it but i'd recommend reading, L- reading that section because it. it's it's pretty interesting gotcha. and then at the end of it spike was like yeah i wish i didn't put that in there
3: <laughs> so, um, i want to talk so to your for dad a variety about of this reasons, game. <laughs> but exactly but i i think I, it does a really good job of like no one is perfect in it mm-hmm. like even though we we understand and we root for this guy who's exposing a nazi war criminal i mean he i have been listening to this uh, uh bank robber <laughs> bank robber diaries podcast about joe loya who's a, a reformed bank robber who had been to prison and he talks about the power dynamic and the terror that you incite in people and how it damn it and he, he he's kind of gone through this kind of recovery and Talked to some of his victims after the fact. And there's this really, it's a really damaging experience because it creates this little world and it, it's, it's a very raw, emotional, scary dynamic to be in. And I think Spike captures that really well is that like there, there are a lot of victims of this afterwards and not just because the police treat them like criminals when they come out that whole that's a really terrifying awful scene where they come out expecting to be it's salvation and they're it's another hostage situation and and it just was really really jarring and i think that that's that's to the film's credit is it doesn't back away it doesn't make because that's the thing. Like In Oceans, th- there's one, one victim, right? They steal from Benedict, yeah. who's this douchebag. We don't yeah. care about him. They're not hurting anybody. They've got enough people that they're putting in place to like nobody gets hurt or nobody is being held hostage. But this really doesn't back away from that brutality, that fear dynamic. And I thought that was really an important part of the mixture you know Mm -hmm. it's interesting and it's i
1: almost i mean we got some of it i wish we got a little bit more because it does make me think of i don't know if you guys have seen john q but other denzel movies about rooms full of hostages in that little world that's just one where i think um you know they're all put together and the movie is essentially spending time with denzel in the room with those people right um as he holds up the hospital to make you know make his point about health and health insurance um yeah just just that world of hostages but like you said i think this one does it pretty well too and it's
3: is, yeah. that's not We're another just, spike
1: any, movie is it no spike but yeah just another denzel mm-hmm.
2: gotcha. i wonder if why they have that moment with the kid so that like when you know, when denzel's like oh you know what you know let the kid come out and he's like no mm-hmm. so that you're not like oh what a dick it's like oh yeah the kid's fine you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know like you know i mean sure i'm sure he's gonna have issues later but you know at least that that rationale like, not like, oh, I don't care that the kid is panicked. We're not letting him out of here. Like, he's playing his video game and he thinks I'm cool. So, no, you're not really protecting him by letting him out. Mm-hmm. So that and in it, the end, you're not like, oh, that was still kind of a dick move to not let the kid out. You know, you're like...
3: Kid you're like gone. Spike is <laughs> one of those writers, directors who always puts himself in some sense in the film. I feel like that kid's him. He's like, I'm from Brooklyn, man. <laughs> I'm fine. Like, there, there's this, this attitude that it felt very Spike right i don't know if that's just based on like i feel like my the most interactions i've had with spike like on screen were the the jordan commercials Uh so it's like that that dynamic is kind of what dude doesn't give a fuck fair yeah that's about right um Uh, i had a, a
1: question i think tim i always like asking you this one um the so we talked a little bit about it, about, you know, it starts off and ends with the, with the Indian kind of Bollywood sounding music. Was the rest of the score a little bit distracting for you? It kind of felt like not a great score to me. I think like <laughs> at times it wanted to be
3: like... You uh, didn't know like what a, it wanted to be.
1: No, yeah, it wanted to be like a big sweeping, like epic yep. action-y superhero thing at times. And it wanted to be like a... There was like some jazzy noir sort of like, I'm a cool detective sort of moments. So it was just felt a little all over the place. And like, I usually don't notice... Scores And I'm not that very musically um, intellectual, which is why I ask you guys. But like, yeah, I, I, a lot of the times through the movie, I was like, this, this music is not not great.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So the, the, the Bollywood thing definitely threw me for a loop at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. I was like, expecting that all of a sudden, like to be a, a, a part of it somehow. Um, but then for the rest of it, it was, I mean, it was the the it was the fucking saxophone it's always the fucking saxophone like,
3: it's so fucking telling
2: it was because well because that was the thing is like also when it was used it was like i remember hearing it once and i was like why saxophone like no one's fucking right now like, the first time you hear it it's like i think it was like in the police station or something And is then it, it when comes he's back on, like is, is
3: it when he's on the phone call with his girlfriend though i don't think so because that okay. would have made sense that would have like, made and, sense
2: and i remember being like wait why like and and that's part of it like i don't know if they were trying to force this whole yeah this whole noir vibe i think at one point there's like a trumpet solo that has like a similar you know that lonely trumpet solo Mm -hmm. um it was kind of like out of place and and then the saxophone came back again later but it was also like and I remember thinking back like, okay, are they trying to tie these two scenes together? And, and maybe I, I couldn't remember exactly when it was. I just remember like thinking like, why did you add saxophone now? Like what's happening now where it's like, you're trying to, to kind of show something. And, and, and one of the things I think of a lot of the time, um, you know, if you, if you have a score like like Star Wars where there's melody all over the place, you know, you're, you're expecting melody, you're used to hearing melody or, 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 or not necessarily melody, but like a, like a solo focal instrument so if if you're doing a score that's mostly kind of like underscoring and all of a sudden you add a solo instrument that's you know not necessarily playing something super melodic or maybe something soloistic but it's going to draw your attention to it like the saxophone so i feel like it should be for an important reason like oh we're trying Mm. to really bring you know and again maybe part of what they were thinking is that sort of noir thing but then again bringing it back in another scene but, you know, and again, maybe if I watched it again and really paid attention, knowing how it plays out, maybe there's a clue in that scene that they're trying to draw you into. And then, you know, the, the fruition, you know, that, that clue comes to fruition and that's why they bring the saxophone back in. But I just remember it being like, like, yeah, like, okay, you, you've you drawn my attention to the saxophone, why? And, and I couldn't see something that was really, you know, as opposed to if you had a character and that character's instrument was the saxophone. So every time mm. they're on screen, you know, but like, it, there, there was nothing that i could connect to those two things and and you know maybe someone's watched it more and has noticed that um but um but yeah it it almost kind of reminded me um not not a lot but a little bit of uh uh what's the coen brothers movie burn after reading hmm. where it oh, starts weird. off with this big sort of spy fanfare and just kind of like burp, and it cuts out and it's like but, but, like, the way the whole movie plays out, like, that was a joke. Like, it was almost like they were playing mm. this this sort of spy movie, making you think, oh, we're watching James Bond. And it's like, nope, it's a movie about a bunch of people fucking up. <laughs> and then, like, at the end, like, the spy theme comes back in. But it's a joke because it wasn't this big, like... Have you guys ever seen Burn After Reading? I haven't uh-huh. seen it. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, it's just I, I know
3: like, the tone of it, so I, I totally yeah. get that, that that would be a joke.
2: But, I, so it yeah it Mm. almost just reminded me of that like are you are you making a joke about um but yeah just kind of like is it you know there's this sort of action-y type music um at times it kind of reminded me a little bit of of like the 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 music of the fugitive you know that Mm. kind of um it's also too i i remember at one point being like what year did this take place because some of the music did sound dated like it almost sounded like in early 2000s like where oh hey we're gonna use some synthesizer and it's like sounds super dated um Mm -hmm. so there was there was that aspect where i almost thought it took place like a lot earlier than i mean it was was it 2006 yeah Uh, okay so maybe it was a little more appropriate like
1: um Mm -hmm. i had the same thought though it just hit me and it was like okay yeah this sounds
3: like a i knew what kind of of movie i was into right like that that yeah I was gonna say with with the noir scene at the end where he comes home and he has the hat and he puts it on the girl. Like saxophone would have
2: been perfect
3: there, but you know. Like I, 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 <laughs> that scene is so kind of out of place. I don't mm. hate it. I really like that scene because it's kind. Of, I, I see Spike as like. Making this little nod to like this noirish vibe at the end of the thing, and even like the kind of like you, the guy got away, but he kind of gave you this little hint that he got one up on you, but you're not mad at him. Like I, I really like that that end to it, even though it seemed like it was out of another movie. Like Spike doing well, noir would be an excellent thing. Like, but it was just this little, yeah. little taste at the end. It's it's almost like now that you mention it that way, it's almost like I feel like
2: Denzel's character as a whole was kind of out of place the whole movie. Because like the the way that he dressed, like to me, like Uh when you know when he gets home, like the Perry Mason
3: suit. Yeah. When he goes to see the judge. Uh
2: Yeah. Sorry. Like like the way he dressed in his suit, like fit very well for that scene. And it made me realize like everyone else I feel like is kind of in gray you know like typical like cop suits you know gray or brown or blue or whatever and then here he is with like this kind of light color so it's like really standing out so it's almost like you know it's like in his head he's in his own noir movie but it's like this modern you know environment around him
3: i kind of want to watch it again thinking about that because the the suits really stood out the hat especially like oh wore that everywhere and then seriously the perry mason linen suit when he went to go see the judge is like what is this white suit he's wearing. <laughs> but that he, he all, you're right. He does kind of clash with the color palette almost literally. Holy shit. That's, that's like color commentary pun. Like the idea that he's this black detective in a position of power trying to de-escalate a police situation. There's some layers on there. I don't <laughs> know if that's just me, but I'll eat that cake all day that's cool that's really cool so yeah like maybe that has to, something to do with the music maybe if you kind
2: of yeah maybe like going it? back to watch it and kind of see like okay when it's kind of him alone with his thoughts maybe that's where the saxophone comes in where he's kind of like you know this is my this is my little you know uh, uh noir aside kind of thing you know um but yeah yeah that but that that was my main thing was the the yeah the Bollywood at the beginning and the end mm-hmm. and then the saxophone
3: which that song slaps though that yeah. that intro song was like okay spike and then the rest of it I was remember, like it didn't feel on the same like I feel like right. you usually could put that on a, a playlist and you you're jamming all day, but this was like fire at the beginning and then what's what's happening until the end yeah. <laughs> and i I feel
2: like i I remember hearing that song before too. And I, I don't know if it was like some clip I had seen from an actual, from like a Bollywood movie. Like, hmm. and I, I have the soundtrack for Slumdog Millionaire. and I, I, I'm i like 99% sure it's not in that. Like there's a, there's, you know, Jai Ho, which is the big closer for that one. But it's definitely in that similar vein. Um, I'm I remember thinking at one point, <laughs> Did they use this because at the very end, the song's going to come back and the whole cast is going to be dancing in the streets of New York.
3: Yeah. I want that ending. I want a Spike Lee Bollywood film like that. That would be sick. <laughs> well, cause he could totally like, like dynamics of the cast system and like that, that would be totally cool. I, I would like that a lot. <laughs> I wanted to get um, in real oh, quick with a favorite part real quick. Sorry, to, did uh-huh, you? Okay. go ahead. No, go well, ahead. Just because
2: uh, I, I, um, I, I hadn't sort of talked about my other experience with, um, with um, uh, Spike Oh, that's
1: Lee. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that,
2: that um, was hours ago. Shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, so I think the only one uh, I've seen, and I, I, I tried to look it up on IMDB just to kind of, you know, to do my homework. But I, uh, and I, I think this was just directed by Spike Lee was uh, 25th Hour. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i haven't seen that one yet oh okay well you, you should fucking watch that one because <laughs> that that was great i remember uh you know watching that years ago with a friend of mine i think it was soon after it came out like it was at his house i don't think we Directed saw the theater, and
1: produced, but it but not one, written. video.
2: gotcha yeah um but um yeah, so that, that was, I think, th- that must have been my first exposure in terms of what I watched that was at all related to him. So I kind of was aware of some of his movies, but like he got game, like I'm not really into sports stuff usually. Mm-hmm. So it's like I never kind of got around to watching that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but yeah, 25th Hour is great. Um, so it's basically like uh, um, Edward Norton's character is, uh, I forget at what point we find out that he basically has, has been convicted and he has like 24 hours before he has to b- bring himself to jail, and it's sort of his last day. And he's kind of meeting with uh, meeting up with all his friends, and you know, kind of as a his last hurrah. Um, and that and when you mentioned earlier about having like the flashbacks, like that that happens in this a lot because mm. you kind of find out early on that part of why he's going to jail is he was he was a drug dealer, and a cop shows up at his house And is like, oh, we have a warrant and like knows right where the drugs are hidden and it's kind of like okay well who the fuck told him like it's not like they trash his entire house like they're basically walking in it cuts cuts back scenes of him and the cops just kind of walking around his house like all kind of chill and like oh what's in your couch cushions oh look here's a bunch of drugs and he's like someone had to tip him off so he spends like the whole thing kind of trying to think back like who ratted me out you know um and as he 's hanging out with all his friends like he 's like kind of paranoid the whole time and trying to look into you know to, in, in subtle ways you know wondering like at what point you have ratted me out what, what was your motivation you know and um, and uh, a lot of it is just kind of uh, one of the parts I really like too is he kind of reconnects with these i think he has two two or three other good friends that he connects with that he they haven 't really hung out all that much, but now it 's like yeah he 's going away, so they come back around and um, kind of seeing these two other guys from two very different worlds coming back to see their their old friend you know and um and another th- thing that was kind of interesting about that film too is that it was it was soon after nine eleven so there is a big all of a sudden like the focus just shifts on like the twin towers 9/11, and nine eleven and it 's just like, oh okay, I guess this is you know you know again that sort of like New York is a part of this new york is <laughs> is a character in this film, and it right. was like. Okay, I didn't know that we needed that, but okay. And I don't know what like the story could have taken place at any time, but they just kind of cemented it in that time period by being like, okay, yeah, we have to have a, a little section where we look out the window and see where the twin town ta- you know, see ground zero uh-huh, and uh-huh. talk about how the world has changed since then. And then it kind of goes back to the story you were watching previously. Um But yeah, but it was really good. Really I mean, it's really good to just kind of like follow edward norton through the whole film too you know Mm -hmm. um as you're kind of cutting back and finding out things about his life and kind of how he ended up where he is um but yeah and i think i don't know if it's something that was like based on a book originally and that's maybe why like you know if it was something that he said oh i want to you know i want to direct this so someone write a screenplay like i feel like at some point i i thought it was a book um but anyway it's definitely like worth watching and it was also so long ago i don't know enough about spike stuff to sort of know oh yeah this is a typical thing of his and this is how this was used so it'd be interesting to see you know for for you know if you to watch zeke and see sort yeah. of like oh yeah i could see all his fingerprints and all of this stuff
1: yeah. that one sounds um, really good yeah but i'd yeah, like to great. check that out for sure yeah it sounds yeah. like some overlap like you said with playing with time and mm-hmm. new york and things like that so i'll have to check that <laughs> yeah. one out
2: mm-hmm. and uh, and also too like a lot of the you know there are um sort of like race race issues that come up Mm -hmm. Um, because his girlfriend's played by Rosario Dawson. So like, you know, there are parts where it kind of goes back to where he first met her. And she has, like, like a really thick accent. But then later on in the, in, the, in the show, like, when the rest of the story is taking place, she has no accent. So it's kind of, you know, and talk about how they met and she's a lot younger than him and that kind of plays into it, too. And, like, I think a few times they're, like, teasing each other because he's, like, Irish and she's Puerto Rican and they're kind of, like, giving each other jabs about that back and forth. Um, and then I think part he's, like, part of... I think it's, like, the Russian mob. I think that's who he's kind of working with, like, as a drug dealer. So, like you're seeing kind of that of him kind of having to go there at this club and he's going to go up in the back room and talk to the guy and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, what's this about? And, you know, part of it's like, Hey, we know you're going to jail. Like, you're not going to say anything. Right. You know, like that's, that threat is also there, you know, he's not some sort of low, you know, um, you know, kind of low key drug dealer. You're like, Oh shit. Like he's, you know, he's dealing here. drugs for the mob. So there's, there's more at stake here. And there's, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that comes at play and, you know, um, I think, I forget how long he's going away for. I think it's like a, it's like a significant amount of time. Yeah. Where, where, you know, there, there is the thing with his girlfriend of like, you know, is she going to wait for wait for him? Is she not, you know, and kind of how he's dealing with that and kind of how, you know, she's, you know, being optimistic, but he's being realistic and things like that. And, Um, and then he goes to see his dad at one point, I think it's, you know, like, so you get a lot of really heart to heart between him and and his dad. Um, his dad's played by, uh, Brian Cox, um, who's also great. So it's just like, yeah, like everyone in it is amazing. And like every, every it's, it's, it's a lot of it is a lot of just like sitting down and hanging out with people, you know, like at one point when they're at this club and they're, you know, they're doing toasts and he's kind of like remembering moments with each of his friends and, you know, that type of thing, um. So yeah, so it's really yeah, really great. Like, definitely check it out if you get a chance. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was my ex- other experience with with Spike Lee. So now what I wonder you if that
3: came out after American History X. Oh, well, it must have been because he was
2: yeah, like American History X. He's like super young.
3: Right. Um, I feel like that's something Spike would have seen and be like, I'm gonna put this white boy in a movie. He's <laughs> 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 like, I hate this dude, but there's there's a reason I hate him because he's. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to get into some favorite lines. Mm-hmm. Um Thank you bank robber is delivered so <laughs> great. I I love that line so much. <laughs> it's like Clive is like trying to give him like this really sincere <laughs> and, <laughs> Denzel just slaps him home with like. You realize what the dynamic is here. We we like I, we're coming in and we're being friendly, but like there's there's an underlying tension here that we need to acknowledge. Like um, you said,
1: only only Denzel could deliver it that well. <laughs> it's just I very also love
3: his dynamic with the old woman. It's like, yeah. no, you can't go. Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. go. <laughs> you you just gotta, gotta rob the, the bank robbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that cop thing, like he understands the tension that's going on. So he's he's playing with it. He's playing with the power dynamic in 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 a playful way, not a shitty way. Like that. Yeah. that but this line may be my favorite line, maybe in anything ever. Pinstripe <laughs> mayonnaise lying motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> When Denzel realizes that he's been bugging the van the whole time, (laughs) he says, "Pinstripe, mayonnaise, lion, motherfucker," and he says it so sing-song perfect. It's like that—that wasn't in the original book, ladies and gentlemen. That—that is a Spike (laughs) Lee joint right there. (laughs) It's fantastic. And then to segue just into favorite sequences, one of my favorite parts is when Denzel enters the bank and that swooping pan shot of him entering and how the light plays off the glint of the gun of Clive behind him. And it follows him from up the stairs and along that corridor to go down. Just brilliant cinematography there. That, that was something I was just, it leapt off the screen at me. And that that was something that I, I didn't really notice the kind of clunkiness that Scott was talking about earlier on, but that was something that definitely jumped out at me as like this is cinematography, this is something that we can only see through the silver screen. And that 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 sequence was just awesome. So Yeah. Um I'll go with a couple.
1: Uh <laughs> I mean I think I think making one of the, the the bank guys, one of the bank managers, ringtone gold digger is just an act of <laughs> genius.
3: I forgot about <laughs> that. Need to applaud shit. that. It was so funny.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's
3: a great tension breaker many,
1: too. Right. I forgot how much comedic relief there is in this movie, but like nothing funnier than be like, oh man, is this guy lying about his phone being hidden than his gold digger. if you're going to go out, if you're going to get your ass beat, like make sure it's because you're in it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I think, I think seriously, I think, you know, this isn't the best heist movie. um, But I think one of the things that makes it so good is the acting. And I think we've all touched on that a bit. So I think my favorite scenes are when you get two dynamic actors and put them together, right? Whether that's Denzel and Jodie Foster or Denzel and Christopher Plummer, like all of those moments are, I don't know, they just feel so powerful. I wish there were more of them. I, I wish there were more of these like Titans coming together and, just, you know, um, just going at it with a little more dialogue. Um, but the, the the pieces that you do get are pretty great. Um, and then just another great acting moment for me was when they come in and, and brief Christopher Plummer that there was a bank robbery gro- going on and says, oh, which which location? And she tells him and just how he delivered, like, the shock on his face when he's putting two and two together, like, oh, that's where my stuff's at. And she's like, is everything okay? He's like, oh, yeah, no problem, and just, just he delivers so much with just his face.
3: That was the moment I knew he was a Nazi. I <laughs> called that I'm shit a mile away, because that dude, like, I don't know <laughs> if that, he, that's how good an actor Christopher Plummer is. His eyes could say Nazi. Like, that. that's how good he is.
0: <laughs> that moment right. where he sort of when he confesses is brilliant too because it at is. first he says i could have helped them and we still don't know if he was like a willing collaborator or if just mm. the family he knew got hauled off and he like took all their stuff or, or you know he would have had to stick them in their in his closet but then the second line but the nazis paid better mm. boom mm-hmm. there it is well, there's a that, pause
3: too but the nazis yep. paid
0: that pushes better it, that mm-hmm. pushes it way over because it went from like oh, I guess I'll watch my neighbor's apartment. Oh, like, this place is at war. I'm going to box all their crap up and bring it home. And like, oh, they're gone. I guess I inherited all their shit. Or maybe it was purposeful. Maybe he went in as soon as they were carted off and took their stuff. That's all, quote, unquote, all, right? But then, and like, it says I could have helped them. Oh, well, like, then was he in the party, but not down with the Jew, the Jew killing part and like could have protected them? Or like he will hide like all of those possibilities are
3: floating around, and then he just goes, "But they paid better," and it's like, it, "Oh, oh, shit!" It's <laughs> like, so they're... fascinating to me because we just had it. Kind of comes off the tail of the reveal that Denzel has been taping Jody. As like they introduced that recording device way too obvious for it not to come back later. I was so happy that yeah. I, I I saw that as like, "Oh, he's gonna he's gonna trap somebody with that," but like. It was so interesting because he go plumber goes and reveals more than he needs to in that moment and it's this he's trying to get it off his chest in a certain sense yeah, in, in the him... most insulated way possible it's it's a great scene it's a great dynamic but it was surprising i think that that adds to it sorry scott go Clive
0: ahead. owen talks about in the narration he talks about he was taking revenge against the guy, but the guy did an evil thing, but then tried to make up for it by doing right. it his whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Plummer talks about like, oh, I've spent my whole life as a philanthropist, but in his face, this is all down to Christopher Plummer. Mm-hmm. You can see the conflict in his face, that he's even saying it like, I did all these good things because I felt so guilty and please tell me that makes it okay because I really need someone to tell me it's okay. Like,
3: I feel like there's oh, also man. a moment in that of a fuck it. I feel like he yeah. gets to that, like, there's not a threat. If I need to pay the ransom, I'll play it at some other, or blackmail at some other time. But he's he's kind of letting that go out of guilt, but also like, the fuck are you going to do to me now? Like, yeah. I think there's a little, that that's the nuance of that performance. And he, he's in it less than Hannibal Lecter. Like, he, he's very sparsely peppered into the the, the salad yeah. there. Yeah. I love that he comes into the uh, fucking the van and sits down like he's gonna hang out while they're investigating. And, and, and Denzel's like, like, "Thank you. We'll here. call you. Like, what What do you think you're doing? That's yeah. not how this works."
0: Oh, it's great,
3: Tim. What What were your favorite sequences?
2: Um, I don't know. It's hard to kind of lock it down to like a, a, a favorite. I mean, I think you know. I just like the. I like the slow burn of it. I like the, you know, the idea that, you know, okay, there's something else going on than what, what we kind of see, you know, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I had like a favorite scene or anything. So I feel like a lot of it was just like, as, as a whole, like the way it kind of played out and the way, um, you know, the way like little, I guess if I had to narrow it down to like something more than others, it's, the stuff in the bank, every time you got either a little reveal as far as how much they had planned and like kind of how smart Clive Owen was. Like the moment where he's like, I forgot my cell phone at home. So he looks through all the bank employees, like someone's going to have this guy's number and I'm going to call that him, you know, that, so that he that he knew to do that, you know, or, so you dang. know, or that one point, actually, like, I think one of, what maybe one of my favorite scenes was when they're like moving the prisoner the the hostages around you don't yep. really know why and then the, the the girl with the gun starts screaming and he takes yep. the gun yep. puts the thing and throws her in the room and you're like oh and it was so like okay and like you know that made sense back to like oh well the other guy who like you know when he's mouthing off and they drag him out and like you know how like how all of those little things how intentional they were that they kind of knew that from the start and you you know you getting that little hint you know where okay i know they're all dressed the same because um you know, they're all going to try to escape together. I kind of got that early on, but how elaborate it was to, you know, as he was saying at the end to make all of the hostages sort of corroborate the, the, the you know, the bank robber story because they all did something to make them believe that they were also a hostage like them. you know, um, so it's not just about dressing the same. It was about kind of putting them all in that situation too. And, you know, you're, you're scared and you're blindfolded and you can't really see what people look like. And, you know, you're just like, oh yeah, this guy, you know, started mouthing off and they dragged him out. He can't be one of the, you know, he can't be one of the bank robbers, you know, like, and, you know, so how great all that was. And then little by little, you're seeing people working in the storeroom and you're like, wait a minute, wasn't that, uh...
3: So so. Something else about like the way those photos were overexposed from the flash. Yeah. there was I never really hammered down that the dude who was mouthing off was part of the crew like because like there 's so much photo oh, like overstimulation of your eyes as you 're watch like with the smoke and the lights and the 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 darkness, and then those photos are really kind of off unsettling it 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 makes everybody look this weird washed out so that was also really effective, I think that like I, I kind of had the sense that he was one of the guys, but I, I wasn't sure the whole time. And I think that that was really cool. There was yeah. another thing
2: I noticed too. It wasn't really a favorite scene, but when they're in the barber shop at the end and uh and he's talking about um you know, this was another, you know, weird little flub thing I saw where when he says, Oh, it was he says it was 60 years ago but his mouth doesn't match the audio so i think he said 50 and they had to overdub 60 so i don't know if they they <laughs> fucked up like when this was actually happening and wh- what year the movie took place in but i remember seeing like oh that looks weird and i had to go back and watch it again and he the plumber just
0: had that problem that we all have where we keep thinking of the 90s as like eight <laughs> years ago right, right yeah like he had a, a version of that right
2: yeah <laughs> um and I also looked up here. This is a funny thing again, while you're looking for that. Oh, so ahead. I looked up the song, uh, Chaya Chaya. Cause like, I knew I knew it from something. So it's from uh, a film called Dil say. And one of the, when I did a search for it, one of the questions is, uh, why is Chaya Chaya an in Inside Man? Well, there's no logical reason why Spike Lee used the Chaya Chaya track in the movie Inside Man, other than the simple fact that he liked it. He thought it would be unconventional and different. The songwriter has no thematic similarity to the movie plot. Like, okay, that makes
3: sense. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. It's all we need. So I love I love the moment. It is very 2020 for the they're gonna shoot me for not wearing my mask. They could shoot me. Just felt like yeah. so. <laughs> 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 I was prophetic.
1: thinking the mask thing the whole time too at the beginning. Just the complaining about the mask. I'm just and like glad the they, wear they were your so
0: distancing. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the
1: whole the uh, the story from the other day
0: about gators being less effective and the the robbers all wearing gators. Oh I'm yeah. Like, I don't know which mm. thing I was gonna do, but it's not gonna help you. <laughs>
3: <Right>. <laughs> so the moment I was thinking of is when Clive Owen looks at the vault and turns away and goes into the storage closet and goes beautiful that moment is so great because you don't know what the fuck he's talking about you don't know if what he's going after is in one of those boxes or what the deal is and you don't really mm. see that payoff till the very end but it was it seemed like it, i didn't really make the connection between this and die hard until like us talking now but like that's a heist movie with the bait and switch right they're not here for the money. There's Barabond. They're not here. It's not a terrorist thing. We're not going to take the hostages anywhere. It's a heist. So that, that dynamic was, and it was just such a cool, like, you, you have seen the traditional setup of they get to the vault, they open the thing. It, it's it's uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, where they play uh, that, that really triumphant scene, and Jeremy Iron goes Fort Knox is for tourists, that whole thing. And But they do the same. They they treat the storeroom with the staples boxes with the same respect as they do Fort Knox. It's just really, I like that inversion of your, I mean, the whole movie kind of plays with that inversions of expectations thing. I thought that moment was really fun.
2: Mm -hmm. It also made me think too, like, you know, like, hey, maybe I could rob a bank because it's like, I'd be cool (laughs) living in a wall for a week. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm cool with isolation. Like, you know, you're okay smelling
3: yourself, smelling like pizza. (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know. So just like, I feel like those those moments that usually I feel like are meant to kind of disturb people. Like, this is how far he went to steal these diamonds was to live in a wall that was barely wider than him for an entire week. I was like, bring it. (laughs) What housing back there?
3: (laughs) I love when he goes down the stairs, and the woman going up the stairs smells him
2: and looks back
3: like oh god (laughs) like what's wrong with him (laughs) (laughs) and they kind of played a shawshank redemption thing where they were like they cut down as like oh that looks like a good shithole and i didn't know if they stashed the the envelope (laughs) down there or the diamonds or i didn't know how that
0: literal shithole
3: so that (laughs) that was a cool little you know spike knows film like he's not he's not throwing stuff out without any reference here
2: (laughs) well and that's part of what i was wondering too like like you know, when, when they bring the food, like, does he, does he not eat? You know, had he prepared for this to be like, okay, if I have to live in this wall for a week, I want to have to shit as little as possible. So I'm not going <laughs> to eat leading up to it. And I'm going to make sure that like, while I'm in there, I'm going to eat only the bare minimum, you know, cause that's part of it too. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, like, okay, if you're eating three full meals a day and deuce it in a hole, like, sure. But it's <laughs> like, you know, if he's got maybe a granola bar and a bottle of water a day to get him through, it's like, okay, like maybe that's more manageable, you know? um plus in the scene when they show him doing push-ups i'm like come on man like really you're gonna like this is your time to stay strong and like get yourself sweatier while you're living in a wall for a week like i think you can wait to do your upper body exercises to get out of the wall definitely (laughs) like
3: a a new york smell proviso that like he comes out of the bathroom i think the reason that woman doesn't say anything is because he's wearing baggy clothes he has like this stench he's like oh he's using the bathroom he's not supposed to be here he's leaving Like, I feel like there's Mm -hmm. definitely that idea around where he came from and why he would be in that setting smelling like he Mm -hmm. does.
2: Yeah. Well, plus, like, the fact that he was carrying a bag, I was like, to me, is like, is that going to be kind of suspicious? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. like, which, you know, I forget what was, uh, like, in the bag. I mean, you know, obviously he had, like, I guess that was part of it, too. I didn't know how much stuff he left in the wall. Like what he brought in with him to kind of survive, that he just leave it there. But, like, you know, and again, we know he has the diamonds, but they didn't take up much room. So it's like, you know, I was like, is that risky leaving the bank with a duffel bag? Like that. Right. You know. And sunglasses and a hat. And- yeah. So, like, maybe
3: the Marvel disguise. Yeah. <laughs> just put on a baseball cap. Ain't nobody going to know you're Captain America. Right. <laughs> Uh, scott did you have a favorite sequence i don't think we got to you
0: yeah um let me see your shoe what, why let you see my shoe because you shoved your foot so far up his ass oh right <laughs> <laughs> just that whole conversation that right? was good so <laughs> You gave him, we gave him a new lincoln tunnel we're gonna need a traffic cop <laughs> stand in that, that office was that was such a great the moment
3: dynamic between the two of them and they don't really play uh-huh. with it too much yeah, i, I yeah. want to see that buddy cop or like that that or them playing against each other would be really mm-hmm. good cuz i think that's pretty early in uh, Four's career right that's that's pretty it's like first half
1: yeah he had yeah. A, he had some things before but um, but it's up there yeah uh yeah got to take a look here but yeah them put them back together yeah that, was... Actually,
2: that that reminded me of a part that i forgot that i did really like was when um, when he gives him the riddle and then oh my god like, oh, the real. Ways and then how they're all arguing after like oh grand central station that's not the thing yeah but it says how many are coming through there yeah but no it's just like it doesn't matter we we, we already did the thing like they're it's safe so says that. He's like, guys
3: guys <laughs> that was great i had that written down too it's such a great moment like you said like, there's a lot of like releasing of the tension moments in this i think that 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 helps quite a bit mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Does that laughter bring us to your favorite segment, Joel?
3: Well, I wanted to make sure <laughs> Zeke got uh, to ask us all the things. He, he oh, comes yes. prepared. I'm like some people on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I think that's yeah. I, that's all I had. Next one is just situational.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, it comes to my favorite segment, and we'll put it right here. It is. It is time for <laughs> another situational movie representation. <laughs> <laughs> And Zeke usually comes prepared with this segment, so I'm going to throw it over to him. Yeah,
1: yeah. so like I said earlier, this is part of my motivation for picking it. So easy question, maybe, but who is your quote, oh, they're in it, then I'm seeing it. Like, who's your actor, actress that you have a collection of their stuff, or if the movie comes out and they're in it, you see it regardless. Um, Who's your person or people?
3: see i i thought you were go were gonna go who was your first of that variety uh-huh. and i had that okay. but i i might have yeah. to shift gears uh-huh. we can do
1: first and current or or because because my first favorites. would have been
3: jim carrey uh-huh. and you know this about me but I, yeah. that that extended to like the mask the uh batman forever and ace ventura
2: mm-hmm. and then
3: i didn't end up having the those had all come out after i was old enough to understand movies so we could rent them (laughs) so we didn't go to see any of those and then jackie chan would have been the other one we we went and chased jackie chan movies for a long time rush hour rush hour two three nice the tuxedo we went and saw which is a silly silly film but really fun i love that one um i'm trying to think who it would be now
1: that's true there is a difference between like who's your first and who's like you said' you more Sadler things for and, you right like yeah yeah, I, I think yeah that's changed be, a
3: bit now but like uh-huh. well I mean yeah, after yeah. uncut you might be you might be back on <laughs> right <laughs> not I mean ridiculous like, six in but uncut gem well, Sadler it's a thing yeah <laughs> that's
1: the that's the name I was looking for I, like I, I rode with him through that even like I was like I'll give him a chance I'll throw it on um he's yeah he's definitely one that I'll always throw it on if he's in it that's he's probably now that you say it like that he's probably my first one even before Denzel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Denzel is probably like my first more serious one, but like as a kid, it was Happy Gilmore, Waterboy, Billy Madison, you know, just on and on and on. Um, and then, yeah, Denzel, I was like, oh, I'm sophisticated now. I watch, you know, grown up movies. And then, so those are the ones where I started to, to um, yeah, anytime Denzel was in it. Um, I can't remember when I stopped like buying the physical DVDs, but I have like most of Denzel's career from like the very beginning through. I don't have to look that up but there was a cutoff point where I was like they're on Netflix now I don't need to keep buying things but I'd still have all the DVDs Um, and then two others would be I don't know I'm torn but I think um, Anne Hathaway is certainly in there like love her and everything
3: Um, yes yes
1: I've said before uh, I will die for Anna Kendrick like I've seen Trolls (laughs) 2
3: Anna Kendrick so
1: so Anna Kendrick's in there too
3: yeah, so Scott, the question was um, like, an actor whose movies I, you oh you they're in it, out. I yeah. will go see it.
0: Okay, yeah, I like I heard you say that and just didn't I didn't register that at all. I'm sorry, um, Harrison Ford, for sure.
3: Bruh, yes, <laughs> I just
0: I love him so much and everything all the time. That's I don't know. true. Um, Ryan Gosling, too. I haven't gone back through because he's done so many, but. I also just can't seem to not like him in something at all. Jeremy Renner was kind of on a run for a while, and then he ended up in the doing the Avengers movies and like nothing else right. for a long time. And then what
2: about Tag?
3: Tag, Yeah, see, Tag was great. I, I love Tag. Yet.
2: That
0: was wonderful. <laughs> but like outside of that, he just kind of stuck with me, which are fine. But like I don't, I don't want him to go do other stuff. Um, and, and yeah Anne Hathaway like you said Zeke I just there's something about her range and versatility that's mm-hmm. really incredible you know Ocean's 8 and Les Mis and The Dark Knight Rises and I you know all over the place and Princess Blue. Diaries
3: bruh Princess Diaries mm-hmm. right but there's those movies are incredible <laughs>
0: about her her body language that just works I think is, is I can pin that down it even when she's on TV or something doing a bit, um, she was doing something with the the Jimmy who does all the music. <laughs> Fallon, I mixed them up all the time. <laughs> yeah, Fallon, and like
3: it's the one Zeke doesn't like. <laughs> well,
0: they they did some sinning, right? Mm. And every song, even though she only got like eight words out, she just was immediately in the time and place for the genre of music they were saying like it was wasn't she doing like
3: 1920s rap songs that was the thing Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. and there was it was this beautiful instantaneous chameleon like transformation so
3: the second that her face switches in dark knight rises from victim waitress who's scared Mm -hmm. to selena kyle
2: yes oh that's great
3: that oh man that was so good so subtle so well it wasn't even subtle it was just like a switch in her eyes i don't know how you that micro expression change was so good man i think Charlize theron her recent stuff has just been incredible i Mm. i mean Mm -hmm. that i i enjoy seeing her i mean atomic blonde is just another level it's that's john wick with the bruises man that that movie is incredible and i mean fury road that is not a mad max movie that is a fury road furiosa movie and oh, yeah. i love tom hardy that's tom hardy's probably up there too. like he's probably mm-hmm. one i go see not everything one. he's in recently mm-hmm. though like the guy i've been wanting to see his stuff is uh Lebough. I mean, man, I still haven't man. seen Honey Boy. I haven't seen Peanut Butter Falcon. Those are supposed to be incredible. The Tax Collector looks insane. I, I mean, he he's he's Even becoming just Yeah, I still haven't seen Fury yet. That, that's supposed to, to be was, incredible. Was pristine. Yeah. That that's that's kind of. I never. I mean, you asked me that ten years ago. Shia wasn't going to be on my radar actual right.
0: cannibal shia labeouf is what right. you would have said right <laughs> Well, and that's the
3: thing like the, his understanding of kind of his place in in fame is a really interesting self-awareness that he's kind of come to in, in that whole meme generation thing he was doing that post i'm not famous anymore era was really interesting um it's it's crazy. We we were watching holes the other day and Tyne and I were noticing that there's a moment where Zero gets his hair caught in a weed, and just kind of like, there's this moment where Shia like untangles it as he's delivering a line coming down the mountain, and it's like the, the the awareness, the situational awareness, even that early, just kind of this this like, I don't know. He he kind of feels things out. It seems like I mean, watching interviews with him, he's not kind. Of, he he does a lot of preparation and stuff. He's not a real intellectual actor he seems a more elemental primal actor just kind of reading a situation and that that has been appealing to me i'm really i really want to see honey boy i'm i'm Mm -hmm. ready for that to tear me up emotionally you know (laughs) i think for a while it was antonio Band or uh, um, anthony hopkins i always mix them up because they were in zorro together and i love them both in zorro so much um but I mean, when I was on the science of land's kick, it was like, okay, I'm going to watch Hannibal. I'm going to watch red dragon and I'm going to watch everything he's been in. Um, I still haven't. I st- I still need to see his King Lear that they did for Amazon prime. He, he's incredible. Tim, what about you? Is Keanu on your list? I feel like that's, um, that's the easy answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that Yeah. That's the easy answer. So it's kind of like, I mean, then again, I, I've never seen. Was it the Lake House or whatever? The you know.
3: Oh, like the, the, the threesome, threesome gone wrong. Like, <laughs> Do we all know what happens one? in that one?
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, was it like just one? Yeah, the, the romantic comedies he's been in. I've never seen those, just because it's like. Yeah.
3: Oh, did you but, see uh, Man of Tai Chi?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he plays um, a bad, bad man in that one. <laughs>
2: yeah, he, that was great to see him as the villain. I really yeah. liked that. Um, and it, you know, it was such a different role from Neo 2, where he's kind of just being led through, like, I don't know what the fuck is happening to me, as opposed to, like, I'm the old master, you yeah. know, yeah, and I'm going to fuck you up, you know. Was,
3: Isn't yeah. Tyson in that one? Maybe? I feel like Mike Tyson. It, it was a long time one.
2: ago. I saw it. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's like, well, I, I guess one other person is uh, Will Farrell. i -hmm. I love it um and then part of that is also like it's more like a group of guys and i don't know exactly how to to group them because i feel like some of them are in films together and i i don't know if it's the people who kind of started with judd apatow like back in freaks and geeks but it's like um uh, jason Mm -hmm. siegel and like paul rudd and uh um um is the, uh to a lesser extent jay baruchel like he's he's okay and he's kind of in with some of the those guys but i don't necessarily like love his stuff that you know i don't love him as an individual but he happens to be in a lot of stuff they're in um don't uh, they go by, so by the, the frat pack the frat pack yeah, yeah. that's what, yeah <laughs> but I, but i feel like yeah there's kind of like there's an inner circle and then some like peripheral mm-hmm. guys you know so it's yeah. not always the same people but um but yeah just like those that you know the bromance comedies that have that have come out you know where um you know oh seth Rogen's part of that too uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah like just how they end up in so many of them together and it's different combinations of them but like you know they're still able to be like different characters you know like you have like jason siegel and paul rudd and i love you man but then you have like jason siegel and um I think a, a ton of them are in Knocked Up, too, like, as, like, uh-huh. the friends, you know. But, like, Jason Segel's, like, a, you know, a very different character in there. And then he's, like, very different from, like, when he's on, like, How I Met Your Mother. And, like, um, there was actually another, what was it? There was another, there's a Netflix original film that he was in uh, a few while back that was, like, totally different. Like, totally not his, like, typical thing. Um, but, yeah, like, I, you know, I, I guess if I had to pick one of those guys, it would probably be Paul Rudd. Like, I just, I just, I want to be best friends with that guy. You know, (laughs) I just like, I want to see like everything. Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: So I I thought of another one. Lupita Nyong'o. To the ends of the earth, I will watch everything that she's in from now until I die. That woman is the most incredible actor of our generation, in my opinion. I, I, I cannot speak higher of her her performance in us is insane the little monsters that zombie indie zombie flick that she does she plays that so pitch perfect i more just outstanding i will watch <laughs> everything she's in from now on she she's going to be the the uh um oh what's her name the one who's always winning oscars i can't remember her name
1: Meryl Streep?
3: Meryl Streep. I was thinking Helen Mirren and I couldn't get her out of my head, but uh-huh. she, she's, she's this generation's Meryl Streep. She's incredible. That's not a dig on Meryl Streep. Like she, Meryl Streep is still this generation's Meryl Streep, but Lupita <laughs> is, is incredible. She She's, I don't care what it is. Rom-com, drama, period, wherever she is, I want to see what's next. Mm-hmm.
0: You reminded me of Alice and Janie. Janie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Just the way you spoke about to showing up in all kinds of different roles, just in some unfollowable yep. pattern. Yep. Is Yeah. That's her for me. And then keeps showing up in old things in places I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, right? that's always great. Mm-hmm. One of the aquarium fish in Finding Nemo. Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. And I, I remember, you know, looking back. A star? And, you know, I wonder what else she, or flow?
3: Yes, she's the flow. Oh, fish. the stuff. Yes. Yeah, and food.
0: I remember looking back and thinking, like, oh, I want to go see what else she was in. It. it was listed. to Find the name. I was like, what? I don't know. That was very much a Wikipedia discovery. <laughs>
3: yeah. We need a little sting for that Wikipedia discovery. <laughs> <laughs> i really want i i, I need a uh, a shorter version of the elevator music for when people are googling shit and there's that long pause <laughs> i've been wanting to integrate that more but there's like there hasn't been a long enough pause to use the full thing it's right. one of well, my like favorite a, like things. a please
2: stand by kind yes of of yes, yes technical exactly
3: technical yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> that's a good question i like that one
1: thanks yeah it's always yeah you no know, you always we all have those you know
0: actors
3: good. and
1: actresses that we'll just dive into, and yeah yeah, fun to talk through those.
0: it was good because it was good, but it was also good because Tim
2: couldn't answer the matrix, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I still found a way to make a reference to it
3: true very true Oh yeah Franco's think... also
2: part of that too james Franco mm, he's, yeah. he's in, mixed in some of those too he was uh, one of the the uh, brat pack guys.
3: or frat pack, excuse me frat yeah, pack, pack yeah it's one of those things I think you start. I, I don't know i always started with like i really like this actor and then it kind of moved in i really like this director mm-hmm. i haven't moved to the the sophistication of cinematographer or writer yet but i i feel like that that's a good kind of like a way that you get in is is the big person you see on screen mm-hmm. I think that, that's a really good
1: yeah and i think one thing and we all got to it but it, you know it brings you into different types of movies too right like I got on Denzel because, um, you know, remember the Titans and that was a football movie. And as a kid, that was that something incredible. that was accessible for me. Still favorite movie, you know, favorite football movie of all time, but it takes you to so many other places, right? You latch onto that one actor or actress, and then you see their range. You get to see so much stuff. So
3: yeah, I like that. Me starting with Jim Carrey doesn't really give you a lot of depth early. <laughs> His later career, he got more depth, but when we're we growing, we learn. <laughs> <laughs> when you start with the mask, <laughs> it's a dynamic performance, but it's it's mm-hmm. zany slapstick. That's that's about all you could call it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ace Ventura is not a far cry from that. <laughs> Did you ever see, uh, uh, was it the number 23? Not yet. Mm-hmm. I still need oh, to see it. A good I, see one. I just saw one on Netflix called Dark Crimes. It was set in like uh, the Netherlands. Is kind oh, of a okay. detective dark thing. I, I it, it was Carrey? okay. Yeah, it was Jim Carrey. He plays oh, wow. a detective, like a jaded detective. Um, it wasn't great, but like it, it was, it was interesting. I think it was like a very or uh, place specific film, so it was cool to kind of see how it came together that way. Um, but no, I think he's a really dynamic actor after the fe- like i i really like his man in the moon performance and i really like the jim and andy documentary about it but i mean when he goes method he's kind of a dick <laughs> it's it's this other i mean G- uh jerry the king lawler talks about like him not really processing the fact that he- andy and him were friends for that whole wrestling feud um he just treated jerry like shit and he treated jr like shit who had had a couple uh scenes on there um but i don't know i I, i've always been fascinated by him i i was really skinny and silly and played in the mirror the same kind of way he did so i always latched on to that persona and i always thought i I could quote ace ventura like (laughs) in the same inflections and stuff as a kid it was just something i really latched on to but yeah um cool Great pick. Great question. This, this is, this is a good week.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's not, your I don't first, know. It's,
3: first non-sports one since uh, you, you finagled your way onto the podcast with the non-sports bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're establishing a my pattern. favorite,
1: right. It's not my favorite heist movie. It's, uh, you know, it's not in the top 10 of my favorite Denzel movies really, but I thought it, you know, gets denzel gets spike gives us a lot to talk about i thought For it was sure. a good conversation i don't know if it was my best pick i don't you know i
2: think but, i but, think
3: you may have cracked it like that's the way to have the good conversation it's not anybody's favorite not anybody's best just pick a, a solid film and then yeah. we can talk about it right? because we got
1: some <laughs> <laughs> we got some dislikes this week so you're welcome <laughs> and bring out my my Top Gun, Denzel movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, you're right. The favorites aren't as, we have more new ground to uncover with something like this for everyone. I think it worked very well. Thank you so much, Zeke, for bringing us Inside Man. Mm -hmm. That ends this cycle and brings us back to the top with Joel, who will be picking Mm. for us next month.
3: What are you bring us, Joel? Okay, so we all knew it was going to happen. At some point, we were going to watch a movie. Yeah,
0: we know. Okay, great. Done. End of podcast (laughs) season. I don't Listeners know too. It's done.
3: At some point, we were going to watch a movie with Hannibal Lecter in it. But this is not the one that you're expecting. We're going to watch Manhunter, which is a 1986 Michael Mann-directed film based on the novel Red Dragon. wherein we get a Hannibal Lecter, but he's played by Brian Cox and not Anthony Hopkins. I rewatched it recently because I I had started rewatching Hannibal during quarantine. And then uh, Scott and I watched the season two finale, which is my favorite episode of television ever. I'm going to say that every time it comes up. And (laughs) I rewatched it just wanting to get into that red dragon-y place and i had forgotten how incredible a film it is um i do have it on dvd we'll we'll pass it around it's not really anywhere free right now we'll we'll get it to everybody um but it's 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 very 80s it's very michael Mann. and i the only context i kind of want to give you for michael Mann. i mean everybody everybody's seen heat right or knows of heat
0: yeah Heat and Public Enemies are my only two Michael Mann films. Right.
3: Remember also that he was one of the, I think, EP executive producer on Miami Vice. So this is 86, the dude from Miami Vice doing it, a Hannibal Lecter, Will Graham story. Mm. Sold. Holy crap. I am so excited to watch it with you guys. Visually (laughs) stunning. Performance are really interesting and we could kind of get into the Hannibal Lecter portrayals and the, the comparisons there and then just Tom Noonan plays this incredible twisted killer it's it's I'm very excited to get to talk I mean this has been on my list the whole time we've done the podcast so I think it was it's was finally time and I'm I'm very excited this Zeke this is kind of full circle this is the last Hannibal centered piece of media that I ever consumed and Zeke is the person that introduced me to Silence of the Lamb. so he, he's the reason I'm always on people to watch the Hannibal <laughs> series so blame Zeke if you're gonna blame anybody but it's kind of full su- circle to get to watch it with you with Zeke awesome. and kind of get to discuss it so very excited for that for next month.
1: I'm Ooh, that
0: sounds wonderful yeah I'm really excited oh thank you Thank you, Zeke, for bringing us Inside Man and for bringing Joel to Hannibal and therefore bringing us <laughs> Manhunter. Um, Happy to do it. Joel, thank you for nothing. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still Joel, to fix, vessel. <laughs> All the credit is to Zeke. <laughs> but Anyway, thank you all for joining me and thank you listeners for joining us. Until next month, uh, have a good time and watch movies so you don't go insane in lockdown. <laughs> Bye.
3: Bye. Bye. I love the zoom-delayed buys. That's my favorite part. <laughs> New favorite next. segment. <laughs> Did you know Movie Mumble has its very own Twitter account? Please follow us on Twitter at MovieMumbleNTG and tweet at us with questions, reviews, or recommendations of things you'd like us to watch next.